Stephen Andrews will bring us the sermon today titled Understanding the Times Through World Views. Sir. I think I explained this once before. When I was a young man, uh, my mother would uh, send me down the, the road, um, less than a block, about half a block. We had a nice big Baptist church down there. And um, I was just a young shaver. And way I went down to the Baptist church for you know their little Sunday thing that they had every week. And, and uh, kids were there and we had all kinds of things to eat and stuff to do. And we learned a little Bible while we were there. And, I, I grew up with those things. Uh, that was my, that was what I grew up with. What about the same child that lived in communist Russia? Um, the USSR, when I was growing up and uh, had just freshly come out of World War II and those, uh, those children that were growing up, what were they learning? What were they doing? Weren't they being indoctrinated by the communist worldview and becoming good communist children. And I remember as a child also, uh, a little older of course, and as uh, communism began to kind of infiltrate the United States and we, we began to try to fight against communism and, 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 and its moving into the United States, I could remember that. What about today? What about today? We see young children from ISIS learning to kill infidels. And not only that, but giving guns and doing that. Their vision of the world is totally different than the vision that our children in this society have. Their worldview is totally different. Let's kill infidels. Let's kill. Let's destroy. Whereas we have a different way of looking at things. And that's my message today, understanding, the, <clears throat> understanding this, um, this world through the views of other people, others. And um, it's interesting, understanding the time that we live in through those world views. A book was, and I think I brought this out not, maybe last year, I'm not sure, but it's, it's such a large book. And it has so much information in it. And I can't, there's no way that I can cover it all in every, in every message, in every sermon. But I, I want to start bringing it out a little bit more because I think it's extremely important to understand that we have, uh, we have, this, we have this picture of, of the world, which is changing, by the way, and that's, that's going to, we'll talk about that too. But in the other parts of the world, they have a different way of looking at things than we do. Their worldview, their thinking, is different than us. The book is called Understanding the Times. I had to, had to steal it from that book. And um, it's, the author is David A. N. O. E. B. E. L. Noble. And he still is updating and running a website and, and everything. And this is an older book. And it has three worldviews. The three worldviews are secular humanism, 
Marxism-Leninism, and biblical Christianity. And, and he goes through that all of these affect all of the things that we have in society, from our theology, to our philosophy, to our ethics, to our biology, to our psychology, to sociology, law, politics, economics, and history. I mean, this in the United States was, was founded on those that believed in, in the Bible, or at least in a creator, in someone who was higher than humankind, who created things. So in, in his book, he goes through all of these, and he, he talks about how they, their mind and their thoughts and their worldview is different than what we think about things. In theology, humanists have atheism, and so does Marxism. You're, you're raised hating Christians, hating this way of life. Whereas we, we believe in God. We believe in the truth. We Christians have grown up believing in Jesus Christ. And well, we don't all agree, do we? In interpretation of the Bible. But it has been something that has affected the world. It's worldwide. It's not just local. Philosophy, naturalism for humanism, uh, dialectical na uh, materialism, and we believe in the supernatural. We believe that God can intervene supernaturally. Ethics, and boy, this is uh, one area that uh, you know, it seems to affect. Ethical relativism, and it seems to be affecting everybody now. Oh, hey, it doesn't make any difference. You just do whatever you want. Um, proletariat morality in Marxist-Leninism. Uh, they have some really big names. And, of course, we have ethical absolutes written in the Bible for us to live by. We're going to go through some of those today. We're going to look at those because they're very important, and they've been there for a very long time. And they have affected the world and the worldview. But things are beginning to change, and I think you understand that. Things in the world are beginning to change, and they're beginning to move away from the, the Christian worldview, the... Um, Judeo-Christian worldview and into, <laughs> for those of you who were a little amazed that uh, uh, Bernie Sanders was able to go as far as he did, if you don't know his background, he was uh, uh, one of the, the uh, early um, U.S. communist, uh, card-carrying communist, and he's a very socialist uh, thinking individual, but he was able to, to bring his message and people were believing him. So it was very interesting that he went as far as he did and then, and then just dropped out. So we see uh, in biology, you can't go to any schools now in which they're going to teach you creationism unless it's a Christian school. You're going to be taught Darwin um, creation, Darwin uh, evolution. Uh, Darwinian evolution, you're going to be caught, taught evolution and you're, you're going to have a very difficult time if you believe any other way in any of the uh, secular, uh, especially the higher educational uh, uh, schools that you might be going to. And of course, Leninism, Marxism, uh, they cut their teeth on Darwinism. Uh, they thought that was the greatest thing that ever came down the pike was, was for Darwin to come up with this because it just fit right in with what they were, were teaching. And of course, we understand that God did create, and you can prove it and prove it and prove it over and over again. 
and no matter what they say, you can still prove that God created humankind and he created all things and he created the diversity. It's a powerful message that we have, but it is being drowned out in the, in the higher education and people are being, and their worldview on that has been so ground in, they cannot see the truth. Psychology, monotheistic self and whatever that is, and I'm sure he explains it in there somewhere. Uh, that's a, a secular humanism and, and monastic uh, uh, Pelovian behaviorism. And we believe in dualism. That, you know, the Bible uh, teaches that uh, there is uh, uh, God the Father and God the Son and, and that we have hope for the kingdom. Sociology, non-traditional world state ethical society. It is beginning to change our very society. Social, sociology. They're teaching it in the colleges. Uh, abolition, abolition of home, church, and state, Marxism, Leninism. From the time they, they purged all of the, uh, the, those that had any intelligence, any uh, intellectual in, in Russia, that was the big purges that, that Stalin did. He wanted to take away any intellectual people that were able to, to keep them in uh, understanding truth. And so he, he, he got rid of all of that, and it's still to this day in China and Russia and all of those, it's almost impossible without persecution and severe persecution in those countries to, to have a Christian worldview. And of course the same thing in Islamic um, area. And I, 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 he has some up, updates on Islam. We're very, very familiar with that. I'm not going through that today because Personally, I think we're almost all living with it on a daily basis and understanding that they want to destroy anything that is Christian. Any, we're considered heathen to them. We're considered the, uh, the enemy. Um, any Christian uh, puts their life on the line living in the, in the Middle East. And the Jews, they're always fighting and they're always ready. And they know at any minute they, they will have a... a a terrible battle over there because they're ready to put, push them into the ocean. And so uh, these worldviews, these, these thoughts of these people that live in different parts of the, of the world, and, and imagine what's happening in Europe now. Think about what's going on in, in, in Germany and France and, and, and even in uh, other countries such as Spain as the, uh, as the um, Islamic uh, Muslim hordes begin to move into those countries. And they begin to, to separate themselves from that country that they live in. And they set up their own laws. And they set up their own ways. And is that going to happen in the United States one of these days? Are we going to, to find that we're going to, to, to be under Sharia law? Oh, man, I hope we have a, some, some tough people to, to keep that out. Because we will be, this will be a very difficult place to live if that happens. Under the law, and that's the next thing, and that's what I was just thinking about. Positive law, positive law. We have the biblical natural law. When our forefathers created this United States and they, they fought for it, they, they looked at natural law. They looked into the Bible. They looked into those things. It's interesting that our, our presidents put their hand on a Bible and swear by the Bible and swear that they're going to... to, to um, honor and keep the Constitution. Well, that's their, that's, it comes from 
the work that those forefathers did in understanding the natural law and bringing that into the Constitution. And there to, to defend it and to work with it and to, and to use it. And that is, you know, is becoming more and more difficult to see that they're, they're doing the right thing. Politics, world government, uh, humanism, the manifesto for humanism is world government. Let's, let's be globalist. We're hearing that in the news today. This is an older book, but it's just, I mean, it's like the Bible. It is today. It's right now. It's what's going on in the world. It's what's happening today. And we see that in the, uh, the writings of Marx and Lenin, the way back there, they wanted a world order based on communism, based on them ruling over with no rights, taking all your rights, putting all your money into their, their government, and they live high and mighty, and you live as chattel, serfs, and serfdom. The Bible is always taught justice, freedom, order. And, and we're so blessed to understand that and look forward to the day when we can teach it to the, all the world and actually make them believe and see the truth. Economics, socialism. Socialism, communism. Um, Rush Limbaugh likes to, to, to bring that out every year at Thanksgiving. He likes to sh show that, uh, that we tried. <laughs> we tried to, to, to use communism in this country. We tried it so that... Uh, Everybody was uh, pouring in, and we, they almost starved to death. They almost died uh, off the whole, uh, all of those uh, settlers. And they finally decided to try capitalism. And when they tried capitalism, it worked, and they became prosperous, and they enjoyed life. So, and and we understand that at the stewardship of property, well, that's one of the that's one of the things you see right in the Constitution. The freedom to have property, to own property. It was one of the rights that our forefathers wanted so desperately to be put in there in historical perspective. So I've, there, these, all of these are the historical evolution, historical materialism. Uh, these are the two things that uh, humanists and the writings of Marx and Lenin and, and then we understand the historical perspective of the resurrection and the understanding of the coming of, of the kingdom of God and all of that is so very vital. And that's the reason why in the world the Christians down through the ages have risked their life to bring that message out. So, even though uh, there's a lot of material here and, and uh, I would like to read a lot of it to you, I think I'm going to, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to go, <clears throat> I'm going to jump into the, the, the message that I have uh, that, that is based on this. But we're going to look at the Bible, and we're going to compare some things here. We're going to look at what God has, has put down in his word for us to understand about the order that we're to live in and the worldview that we're to have and how we're to, to, to um, live, in this, live in this society no matter what they're doing. And that might mean that might mean persecution. Because if we stand up for the rights of the truth that we know, we are liable to have problems, and we know that. We're liable to face uh, the, the, the trials and the tribulations that, that come from standing against error, standing against 
uh, false views, standing against those who are preaching and teaching things that are against God's word. And we, not, we know that we might have to, to stand up and, and, and actually um, risk our lives for that. And many around the world are doing that, and we know that. Many in, in, the, in the countries that, that have, have, especially in the Middle East, they're risking their life to be Christians. And some of them are dying because of their belief. Let's start in Leviticus, the 19th chapter. It's interesting if you go into the book of Leviticus. Now, I have this, um, I have this sword Bible, King James Version ER, which is an easy reader. And what has always impressed me about this particular version is everything that was spoken by God in the Old Testament also in red. And the whole book of Leviticus is God talking <laughs> To the children of Israel, which comes down to us and talking to us. So we have his words in powerful, a powerful message. Hey, these are the things that you should be thinking about. These are the things that you should be doing. This is how you should be living. Now, we understand that we're not an agrarian society, and so some of these things are very difficult to live by. And some of it is, you know, doesn't apply to us today as well as it would have to the children of Israel back then. But we can still live by it to the best of our ability, and we can still understand the truth. There's chapters in there that t teach us about what's good to eat. You know, what's good and what's not good. Um, People live on things that, that in that book say that you shouldn't eat, and they live and they live long times. But God says, if you're my children, if you're my children and you're, you're going to be holy, this is what I want you to eat. It doesn't make any difference what the rest of the world says about it. Uh, isn't there one guy that goes around the world trying to eat anything and everything? Oh, man. <laughs> what is there, a fruit over there that's... Uh, he opens it up and it's got the nastiest, I mean, you can't even, you, you, you can't, it's kind of like Limburger cheese. I, I watched one little episode and it was so bad, he, he couldn't even hardly, uh, you have to hold your nose, take a bite of it. Uh, but the people that live in the area just love it. He said it was almost the only fruit that he, the only thing that he couldn't eat. And he, he tried everything else, all the other nasty stuff in the world. God has given us a set of instructions and they're in the world, in the word of God. And and mankind and the worldview from mankind, especially the secularists and the communists, hate this book. And they hate the lifestyle that we teach and that we live. They don't want us preaching and teaching this lifestyle to the rest of the world. So we, in this book you find a lot of, of powerful information straight from God. So let's go to uh, chapter 19. I'm not going to cover all of it because there's a, there's a lot of material in here. There's also a chapter all about how to treat your family. You know, sexual sins have become a, a tremendous a problem in the society today. And, and no telling how far it's going to go. And God has, has, has put the, he, he's, he set a set of limits uh, in the family and, and, and outside of the family and everything. He set the limits. And we're, we're to follow those. We're to live by those. And they're good for the family. And, though, and sometimes when people go outside of that, they suffer greatly from, from 
uh, different sins and different things, and, and God has even put different diseases that cause uh, problems because they live in lifestyles. So let's pick, it, let's pick it up here in verse 26. He said, you shall not eat anything with the blood. So right from the beginning, we, we know we shouldn't be going and drinking blood. We're not vampires. Uh, God didn't intend to that. He says that's the lifeblood. He says uh, animals, when they, when they came to, to um, sacrifice them, they, they, they bled them completely. And they used that in the sacrifice, but it was not to be eaten, not to be eaten, not to be drank. And so that's God says, no, this is this is something you're not supposed to do. Neither shall you use enchantments nor observe times. I um, just recently I started getting a, uh, an email. I don't know where it came from. This guy seems to think that I need uh, his um, uh, zodiac. Uh, uh, let's see what what did he? How did he? How did he say it? Um, he needed to counsel me on the Zodiac. <laughs> he needed to teach me all about the Zodiac. He said, hey, I've been out there teaching uh, uh, all of these people all about the Zodiac and how it works and everything, and I think you, you, would, you would do good to, to learn about that. And as I, I, quick as I could get rid of it, you know, get, get it out of it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Man, this guy's wanting to do enchantments and observe times. You shall not round the corners of your heads, nor neither shall you mar the corners of your beard. Um, now, I, I, sometimes that's kind of, well, I understand the, the rounding the corners of the heads, because that was a symbol of certain things, and, and, um, and it was paganism. And, and of course, uh, that was marring the beard so that you would have certain uh, paganistic symbols and stuff in the beard. Um, those that uh, grow the beards, which I've never been able to do very well, I'm, I did try it once, I, she thought I looked like Lincoln, so I thought I'd better shave it off because <laughs> I, I don't really think I have the character of a Lincoln, so I, I got rid of it. And, I, and it just etches so much, I couldn't hardly stand it. And I, my son, uh, Joe, he, he must love those things. He just keeps on growing it. I, <clears throat> anyway, it's, um, it's something if you can stand it, I guess it's okay, but not to mar it, not to, uh, you know, use it to... Um, uh, as a symbol of the paganism. Uh, you, shall, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Um, I guess if you come with tattoos and you repent of it, that's fine, but God says he doesn't like tattoos. He would rather us go and, you know, be without that and, and, and be clean from those. And um, I, It just seems like every time I look, more women are, are putting them on. <laughs> Uh, and and, they, and some of them are very elaborate. I mean, it's like they got the a guy was using uh, his all of his talents to uh, to to tattoo his, uh, this this lady or in, in some way or other. But uh, God says that's that, that's something that he he doesn't want us to do. He doesn't want us to mar our flesh. Do not prostitute your daughter to cause her to be a whore lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. That is so prophetic because it's happening in the society that we live in today. It is so prevalent and so profound. We have a lot of what do I call young internet prostitutes. It is so easy now because the internet allows you to do just about anything you want from your from your home or from anywhere, and you can become anything you want. 
and young ladies who don't know any better, well, or maybe they do, but they, they shouldn't be, they should know better, are now prostituting themselves to the whole world. They don't realize that the internet is worldwide, and they're prostituting themselves to the whole world. And what's happening? What do we see, brethren? What's going on in the society that we live in today? We see women who, who are, are giving up their children to Moloch. <laughs> That's all I can say. When you have a child aborted, you're, you're putting that child uh, to Moloch. You're sacrificing it. They don't understand that, but God sees that as a sacrifice to a false god. Because now you have destroyed a living being. And they are living from a very, very early stage. Heartbeats start early. Growth starts early. Hands, feet. I mean, all things begin early for these little babies. They're just so very tiny. And you look at them, and you realize how precious that is. And we're destroying generations. We're destroying whole cities of children, millions of children that could be growing and prospering. And we are really literally destroying our nation. It is happening, brethren, and it's because wickedness has come to the land. And it's, and it's very hard, you know, it's very difficult to see it happen. You shall keep my Sabbaths, plural. It doesn't say Sabbath, it says Sabbaths. God wanted us to keep all of his Sabbaths. Leviticus 23, like I said, this, this, book, this, this, chap, this book, Leviticus, is so filled with all the instructions from God. It is an instruction book to us. You shall keep my Sabbaths. Reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. I am the Jehovah. Regard not them that have familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to defile by them. I am the Lord your God. We have a lot of uh, that going on today in the movies. And um, you got a lot of uh, people uh, that think that they, they can uh, you know, conjure up the spirits and talk to the dead and all of that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of that going on out there. But brethren... Be aware that there is an, an evil demon world, and it exists, and it is real. And it, it, whenever you dabble in this kind of stuff, you're asking for that demon to come and possess you, or at least trouble you. And those of us that have grown up in the church and know of things that have happened to certain people who have used Ouija boards and different things know for a fact that they're there and they're real and they really will, um, you know, trouble you and, and even sometimes possess people. So you stay away from those familiar spirits and you know, wizards and all of that. You stay away from it. And this instruction from God. These are good, firm, strong instructions from God. You're not going to get this from humanism. You're not going to find this in communism. And you definitely aren't going to find it in Islam and the, in the Muslim religion. You're just not going to find it there. This instruction is so profound and so wonderful for us to understand. We don't do a lot of this. We have a few of them. You shall rise up before the hoary head, 
and honor the face of the old man. And fear your God, for I am the Lord. It's interesting how he really puts this, I am the Lord. I, I'm telling you, I'm instructing you, I'm giving this information to you because I'm God. <laughs> I am the one that created you. I'm, I'm giving you this information because you need it. I'm, lower, I'm, I'm bringing all this good stuff to you because it's going to help you. He says, and if a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not vex him. In other words, trouble him. Now, I've struggled over this one. I, I, this one really bothers me, and I, and I know that what it's, where we're pointing. Uh, but the stranger that dwells with you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, remember that God actually tr chased out the, the inhabitants of the land that were there because of their, their, uh, their paganism. God wanted the, that land to be free and clear, and he chased them out because of their paganism. And because they were idolaters, and they were um, sodomites and different things in the land. And so he, he wanted those, the, the, the Israelites to chase them out of that land. And yet, we understand that if they come in, and they want to be a part of the country, and they want to, to assimilate into our country, we should invite them in. We should be happy to have them here. But if they come in and they want to start another country, and they want to be separate from us, and they want to, and they want to war with us, do we do the same thing? If they hate us, if they want to kill us, do we feel the same way about them? I think that we have a, a tremendous number of really good Hispanics that have come in, and they're very hardworking. Now, I don't know how many of them are applying for citizenship, but I think they should, and I think there should be a way that they should be able to, to do that and, um, and give them that opportunity to be in the land. But just to come over here and to, and to start their own, uh, their own country, I don't think that's what the Bible really teaches us. He says, you shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in mediard, in weight, or in measure. I gave a message um, some time back on, on this, on a just balance and a just, in fact it says a just balance is just weights, a just epoch, a just hand you shall have. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. God expects us to have um, just money uh, and do, um, do things properly and justly. Um, you, you notice when you go fill up with gasoline that there's a little sticker on there that's because the law says that there's, there, when you, you put a, a gallon into your tank, that you actually got a gallon. Early on, you might not have gotten a gallon. But today, they actually regulate that and say, you have to have a gallon of gasoline for every gallon that shows up on that, on that tag, and you're paying for exactly what you, what you get. That's just weights. That's just majors. But <laughs> on the other hand, the stuff that you carry in your pocket is funny money. <laughs> and it's only based on faith that, we, that this nation is going to still stay behind it. And, and so it's really not a just weight. It's not a really a just thing. And, and, and the, only, the, the only true measure that we ever had in this, in this United States 
was when we based it on gold and silver. When we had a just amount of gold and a just amount of silver, and then we had proper weights and balances uh, for that. And you could actually, if you, if you really wanted to, you could actually go and you could mine a gold, and you, you would have a, a, a day's wages from the gold. And, 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 that, uh, and then they actually set the, the ratio of gold to silver, and I can't remember what it was now. It's been a long time since I've studied that. But they had a just weight. And the, all of that went out when they decided that uh, they wanted to go to paper money and to, to national banks. That's another thing that came up um, in, and in fact, there's 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto, and one of those is, is a, a progressive national bank that takes, you know, takes your money and, and, and fiddles with it. And, um, you know, the, would you put money in Prosperity Bank? Um, that's my, that's my, I, I shouldn't even say that on the, on the net, but <laughs> probably have all kinds of emails. You told me, <laughs> but I, every time I look at it, I think, wow, that's, that, that's, what a name for a bank, you know. Uh, so God has uh, given us this tremendous instruction here. Uh, that's all of the, and, and all of the Leviticus is instruction for us to look at it, to how to live with one another, how to how to um, uh, how to worship God, all the different things. The book of Leviticus, the, actually the first five books of, of the Bible, are tremendous books for us to, to study. Now let's look at something uh, that Jesus wants us to understand. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to preach the kingdom of God. That's the first thing he said when he came back out of the desert after fighting with the devil. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached the kingdom of God. Understanding, his understanding was that the kingdom was going to be set up on this earth. And it was going to be a powerful thing that was going to change. But it didn't happen immediately, did it? We're still waiting for the kingdom of God. God has a purpose. He has a plan. It's going to come one of these days. It hasn't come here yet. But Jesus left us some instruction. Jesus left us some understanding. And they're powerful instructions. And they're powerful understanding. And if we could just live by them. <laughs> because sometimes they're very difficult. Beginning in chapter 5 of verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Sometimes I don't really feel like that I'm that way. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden underfoot of men. We should stay salty, that so we have that saltiness to us. He also says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on the candlestick, and it gives light to to the house. When people go out and they preach in different countries that their worldview is totally different and they become a light to them, people hate that light because they like the darkness that they're in. They like the worldview that they have. They want, they've grown up as communists and when you preach this truth to them, they hate you for it. And especially the governments hate you for it. They do not want to hear about the truth of the Word of God. So when you're a light 
to men. They don't want to see that light. He said, Neither men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but in a candlestick, and it gives light to all the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, Jesus actually, in his writings, has pushed men to go out. Remember, it says, go you into all the world and preach this good news to all the world. And he's also told us, hey, one of these days you're going to, you might suffer persecution. You might have problems. You might suffer with things. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think that, that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fill, to, to fulfill it, to make it so great and so wonderful and to help us to understand what God has in the purpose he has for our life. Verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. This is what we believe. That Leviticus, the sixth, all of Leviticus is for us. What we, can, what we can learn by it, what we can live by it, that's for us. And there's some that says, oh no, that's all been done away, that's all Old Testament, that doesn't, that doesn't apply. Uh, Ken gave the, on the Ten Commandments and, and how it matched with the, the, uh, uh, with the Constitution, with the Bill of Rights and everything that went with it. And those men, they knew, our forefathers understood. They understood the Bible. And so when they were putting this together, they understood the importance of, of bringing this out. They read the Bible. John Adams went to, to school to be a minister. And what did he become? In fact, a lot of them went to school to be a minister. They all went. Those colleges back then were, 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 um, were actually bringing in <laughs> ministerial uh, people. They wanted pastors in, in churches because there was a lot of churches. Uh, they were called different things, Lutheran churches, uh, uh, Calvinistic churches, different churches. But they, they were making churches. And so they, they needed preachers, and they needed, they needed people in the, to, to preach. And so a lot of these early church fathers, or not church fathers, but early uh, um, father, uh, forefathers of this country, actually went to, to college to learn to be preachers, to learn to be ministers. Um, I'm glad that you know, some of them... Uh, got into the political part of it because they needed to and they needed to, to change this nation and we're thankful for that. But they, that was what they were doing and they read the word. They understood the, the Bible probably as much or better sometimes than we do. So he says, yeah, I'm not come to destroy the law or the prophets, I'm come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tiller shall not pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least of the commandments and teach men so, he shall, in, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so those of us who down through the ages have read these words, it's important for us to preach this truth that the, 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 the law has not been done away. It's still part of, of everything that needs to be taught. He says, For I say unto you, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it is said of them of old time, you shall not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. 
But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But who shall ever say, you fool, shall be in danger of the hellfire. That's what begins in the heart, brethren. I mean, it's, it's what's in the heart that begins to finally uh, uh, be realized in the action. And what are we seeing? I mean, Tulsa used to be one of, the, one of the mildest places to live in the world. When I was growing up, you hardly ever heard of anybody getting killed for any reason. And now it's like every week there's at least three or four or more murders going on. And I'm, I'm a sure part of it is the drug uh, trafficking and things that are coming into this into the city. But it's it's really dangerous in, in Tulsa now, um, and it, it kind of uh, disturbs me a little bit that our city is is becoming that that situation. Anyway, it starts in the heart, doesn't it? And then the fire begins, and then you begin to, to get angry, and the anger then turns into to murder. And, and domestic violence is the is terrible, horrible thing. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has anything against you, leave there your gift before the altar, go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. In other words, reconcile between, especially in families, reconcile the problem. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him, lest at any time that adversary delivers you to the judge and the judge deliver you to the officer and you be cast in prison. I mean, there's altercations that are happening all the time and the, uh, and, and the police are finding people. They're, they're pretty good in this city, aren't they? You think that the, the, that the uh, criminals would finally realize, hey, I'm going to get caught because our policemen are really, really good. They're pretty sharp. Um, they find people sometimes just right after they <laughs> I think just recently, they, didn't they find a couple of teenagers or something? that I mean, they hadn't even pulled out of the driveway hardly, and the policemen had already got them. <laughs> they... You would think the criminals would think, wow, maybe these guys are really pretty good. Maybe I should quit, quit stealing and, or, or doing things that I've been doing and, and change my life. And maybe they should because they should learn what God teaches. He says, verily, yeah, agree, uh, um, in verse 26, verily I say to you, you shall in no means come out of there till you have paid the uttermost farthing. And let me tell you, jail is no place to be. I don't know what it's like today, but it was miserable back then. And it's, it's not because I, I did something really bad. It's because I decided to stand up for the Word of God, as I understood it back then. So I, I, I spent a little time there. And I learned some things while I was in there. You have heard that it's said by them of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whosoever looks on a woman lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if your, heart, if your right eye offend you, pluck it out, cast it from you. For it is uh, profitable for you that you, uh, one of your members should perish and not that your whole body should be cast into hell. Uh, and, and in reality, I, you know, I know that's, that sounds very hard, but it means you really need to repent, change, 
not go that way. Um, close your eyes to the sin and not, and not do it again. Pray to God. Your right hand offends you. Cut it off. Cast it from you. For it's profitable for you that you, one of your members should perish and not that your whole body should be cast into hell. It's been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. I say unto you that whoever shall put away his wife saving for the case of fornication, and that happens. There's a lot of that going around today. It seems like women have decided to give up on, the, on what they're naturally, uh, uh, God naturally designed them. Although women have a tremendous responsibility in this life and bringing children up of nurturing the family and nurturing uh, so much and, and it seems like it's, it, it's very difficult anymore for, for women in this society. I don't know what's going on, it just seems like that they're pressured to become something different. And I think it started, and I know it started with the feminist movement back in the uh, early 60s. Uh, there was a lot of, of, of force on women to, to change and to, to, to be something different. And, and I'm not sure that it's ever brought happiness to, to any woman. So he says that's, this is a problem because it causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced commits adultery. So there's this cycle of, of adulterous things going on. Again, you've heard, it's been said of them of old time, you shall not forswell yourself, but shall perform to the Lord your oaths. But I say to you, swear not at all. Neither by heaven, for it's God's throne, nor by the earth, for it's his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. That's, well, I mean, I guess I could cover it up, <laughs> but it'd still be white. <laughs> and he's true there. Uh, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whosoever more than one comes of evil. And... The courts have been very lenient with that. They have given us the opportunity to participate in that by doing an affirmation, which is not a swearing. You can affirm that you believe uh, you know, the things and that you're going to tell the truth. Those are things that you can do without swearing, I swear. Um, so you, you can uh, still live by the, the word. Uh, even if you are called up for jury duty, you have that, um, you have that uh, ability to do that. You have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, resist not evil. But whosoever uh, shall smite you on your right cheek, turn to him your other. And if a man shall sue you in the law, take your coat and let him have your cloak also. Whatsoever shall compel you to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that ask you, and from him that would borrow of you, turn not away. And, and that we have, we've given a lot. This, whole, this nation is a giving nation, and they hate us for it. <laughs> Maybe we should have kept our money from these other nations because they don't appreciate all that we have done in some of these nations. We have poured money and money and, and helped them. I mean, look, look, Germany, Japan, all of Europe. If we would have been an imperialist, if we wanted to be imperialist, we could have taken those over, couldn't we? We could have had all of that land because we defeated them. They had to sign a uh, treaty. They had to, to, to literally surrender 
to our troops and to our nation. And we could have gone in there and we could have taken them over if we wanted to be imperialist. And we didn't do that, did we? What did we do? <laughs> we sent them a lot of money. <laughs> we, re we rebuilt Germany. We rebuilt Japan. Because we were that generous. We have. We've had. We've had. I don't know what is going to, what's going to happen in this nation. But we've had that generous heart that we've given because of what we understand in the Bible. Give to him that ask, and from him that would borrow him, uh, turn not away. You have heard that it's been said of you, you love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love him that love you, what reward have you? Do you not the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Jesus' words are so powerful. And they set a standard for all Christians that come along. A very strong standard, too, by the way. Let's go to Romans, the first chapter. I'm running out of time pretty quickly here. And I wanted to cover a couple of things very, very quickly. He says, I, he, in verse uh, 16 of Romans 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For those of us who are in this wave, that those are powerful words. I am not ashamed of the good news of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. And as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is re revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Brethren, the day is going to come when God is going to take out vengeance upon those who have, uh, who have maligned and ridiculed his word, his truth, his people, it's coming. And we may see it in our own lifetime, I don't know. It's kind of scary after that earthquake. You know, if God, God can shake this earth. He can shake every one of these people and they will have nothing whatsoever to hold on to. You know how it feels. You just went through it. There's nothing, I mean, if they kept on, what would you do? You'd run out, out into the yard. And, you know, you'd be kind of dancing around and, and everything. But God can bring judgment on this nation and on the world, and he will someday. He's, he's, he, <clears throat> he's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Oh, hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which was may be, may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And if you really study, if you really go in and you really like science, and you really study the things that, that are out there and the diversity and all of the things, and you really realize how powerful God is and how, how much he, he's able to create, you really are just, um, uh, you, know, you just are in awe of the power that he has. 
and realizing what he has created. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. When this nation first started, they were very religious and, very, and worshiped God in very different ways, I know. But as we've gotten further and further away from God, we have become vain and darkened. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And we, not, we may not be able to preach enough to get people to turn around. He says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. What is it, Bill Nye, the, the evolutionary scientist? I won't listen to that guy. <laughs> he is one of those. Change the glory of the in, incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things, uh, tree huggers, by the way. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own arts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, worshiped and served the creation. That word creature, creature actually means creation more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause gave them up to vile affections. And we, it is rampant today, brethren, just rampant today. And even the laws have been changed to make it even easier for them to, to do the things that they want to do. The women have changed the natural use of that which is nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one to another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, receiving to themselves the recompense, nor the penalty, because there is a penalty, of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. They've, they've swallowed the pill and gone back into the matrix or whatever it is. I don't know how to, to look at it, but they've forgotten God. They've forgotten the truth. So they, which is not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit some things are worthy of death, not only do they uh, the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let's turn to Isaiah as I quickly try to make... Um, finish up here. Let's change Isaiah the first chapter. We'll read a few verses here. And if my time gets away from me, which it might, I may skip a few verses. But I wanted to I wanted to bring this out in verse 10, Isaiah 1 and verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rule, rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure that it doesn't fit. <laughs> And I'm, I'm ashamed of my own country. And I'm, I'm ashamed of what's happening in the world because we've, we've actually decided that we would rather just go after uh, the same lifestyles as Sodom and Gomorrah. To what purpose is a multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord, full of burnt offerings of rams and fat things and uh, fed beasts and a delight not in the blood of bullocks. He, you know, they, they were living like living evil 
and, and still sacrificing and doing all the things and expecting God to be happy with them. And, and he goes on and um, in verse 15, I'm going to drop down to verse 15 just real quickly. And, and when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. Worse you, make you clean, put away the evil from your doings. From before my eyes, cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall, not, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing to, and, and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Brethren, I, I, I really fear for the country that we live in because God may bring that sword upon us. And I don't know. I mean, maybe he's shaking us up a little bit to help us to understand that we are just mortals that live on this earth. The day is coming, though. And I, I, wish, I didn't want to leave you all hanging with gloom and, and doom <laughs> uh, and all of the problems that we have in the world and all of the world views that are, and some of them are so against us. But I wanted to say that one of these days that all of the world is going to be together because God's going to make it that way. He's going to bring sovereignty uh, into his own little, in his own bailiwick. He says in chapter 2, and this, I love this chapter, this, at least the first few parts, because it is so powerful to understand that God has a plan for all of mankind. He has a plan for us. It's, it's a wonderful plan. It, it's one that, that's, that seeks out all of mankind to come to God. He says, The word of Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And many people shall go and say, Come you, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Now what, what do you think is going to go out? Are we going to come up with something new, or is God going to just finally get it all through to them? Bring the truth to them. You know, they're going to understand Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy and Genesis. They're going to understand those books. They're going to understand the, the, all the, what Jesus taught. They're going to come and they're going to worship God. They're going to want to learn at His feet. He shall judge among the nations. This is one of the things that God will be doing. And he's, His judgment is going to be very strong to begin with, but when he brings the kingdom to the earth, he's going to be judging among them. He's going to rebuke many people, and they're going to beat those sores that they've been using against one another into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. The nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn any more war. I look forward to that day, brethren. I, I want to be a part of that. I hope you do too. That day when we are no longer uh, forced to send armies all over the world, uh, to keep people from being killed because you have um, animals out there that are, you know, look like people but act like animals. And there's, a, there's, there's, a lot, there's way too many of them out there. 
whose worldview is the hatred of everyone who isn't like them. One of these days, God will bring his kingdom. And he says, here at the end, of course, they're not going to learn war anymore, but he says in verse 5, O house of Jacob, come you, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And that's for all of us, brethren. Let us walk in the light of the Lord.